Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities is my friend and brother, Trap. Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug all had previous commitments in their own planes of existence and will not be joining us for this transmission. This week, I thought that it would be a good opportunity to have a discussion about the state of the entertainment industry. I'm sure that we will barely scratch the surface of what's going on. If you happen to enjoy our conversations and would like to contact us or support our efforts, consider visiting our website at OurMidnightCake.com. Okay. Well, Trap, thank you for joining me. Is there anything that you are particularly looking forward to? Any Something that you're excited about? Ooh, anything I've been looking forward to? Uh, I haven't been a huge fan of Disney+. Plus. But they continuously keep just throwing out these real bangers, you know. They have, uh, they had the Bad Batch. That was pretty great. And now they have, what is it, like Rangers of the Republic, Obi-Wan Kenobi. They want to do Lando, Andor, Ahsoka. They have Visions. They're, you know, Rogue Squadron. I'm reading the, the Acolyte, uh, a droid story. They are just going off on this. They, they figured out. They, they heard people saying that you know, Mandalorian was all they really wanted. And now it's Star Wars has become less of a movie series than it has become a, a TV series. Which, and I remember growing up, I would have loved to have had good Star Wars TV series to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for most of my childhood, you know, when, when we would go over to our grandparents' house, we would have the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. We'd have Willow and E.T. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we had a, a very, <laughs> a very slim selection of movies that we would sit down and watch. It's, it is exciting to me, the potential, and especially everything that Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni have done for the Star Wars franchise to make it entertaining and mm-hmm. and have interesting characters and stories. I'm also looking forward to the book of Boba Fett and the and the next season of The Mandalorian, which may be the last season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, and that's something else that I've liked about this is that very obviously um, Favreau has just been really taking the series onto a track that I think is far more in line with good storytelling than it is with merchandising. And I think Disney is more than willing to go straight into merchandising and that you actually have to argue for a good story because good stories, (laughs) (laughs) good, good stories are dangerous. Good stories are risky. Uh, to do and well, especially new stories and mm. new characters and new franchises or new you know branches of a franchise. It used to be that people would, if it had a Star Wars logo on it, that people would buy it. That's not the case anymore after the sequel trilogy. I really think there's this disconnect that's been made uh, between 
pop culture not having the same kind of significance that regular culture has uh, because pop culture is just everywhere it's in memes it's on your instagram feed it is in every it, it can be in every portion of your life when you have these uh, movie execs when you have these directors that think they know more about a universe than the original creator or any of the fans that have uh, literally gone to college or got into the industry just to hopefully one day get onto a Star Wars set, actually contribute to that story and that culture that's being made. Or even the fans that have kept the franchise alive. Yeah, it's it's not just it's not just a nerd thing after that point. It is something that has genuinely brought people together via the internet, which is also this crazy thing. <laughs> I, I I think still. Like sometimes I think about the internet and I go, holy cow, like we have this. So so I I, I just see this this um it is a wondrous and wretched place. At the it, same is time. A, <laughs> it is a wondrous and wretched place. And yet um, people will just constantly talk down to those who really wish their stories weren't being in constant flux, in danger of being turned into something totally d- destructive because you know because a, a company owns it, and and whatever company happens to own it, they can just they can just pass these these pop cultures between each other. Oh hey, you need a fan base of. A hundred thousand to to start trying to consume your product of your products. Here you go. There's a, there's a culture card. There's there's Star Wars, and it's <laughs> and it's kind of sad to see some of that stuff happening. And I think a lot more people are are kind of catching on to it. There is kind of a strange balance of, I, I guess, in that regard of what is considered canon, where you have the company that owns the product or the story or the franchise, whatever, and officially states that, okay, this is officially what the story is. And these are officially how the characters are. Don't ask questions, just consume product. And then there's how the fans interact with that and will either go along with it or go, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, this doesn't make sense. Or this is a completely different character from the one that I've known up until this point, even though they have the same name. It's a different, it's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. And there becomes this conflict between the studio and the fans and then whatever audience that they're trying to attract beyond the fans. Well, and that's, I think that's one of the most interesting parts about this process that I, that we're kind of like picking up on is that when you, when you do those, those like pop culture trades, when you're talking about with the audience and with like this new audience, you're trying to merge these two different mindsets together and it's not going to work. You're going to lose a whole bunch of the original people. There'll be some people who, who clings to that story because it means so much to them, you know, and, and when they bring that story over somewhere else, they're always going to follow it. But all those original people that were really into the story for 
its aspects of good storytelling, of quality. Character development. Character development, uh, being able to empathize with the character. It's, it, you're Maybe not going to have that. Relatability, yeah. You, you, you get it onto someone like Disney who, has, who obviously has their own motives for, for good or for bad. They're, they're about Disney. So whatever Lucas was about Lucas, it's, it's now about Disney. So now you have Lucas Cannon and you have Disney Cannon. And you're <laughs> going to have Lucas Cannon fans and you're going to have Disney Cannon fans. And then there's legends, you know, somewhere in there. <laughs> but it's not just, you know, and it's not just Star Wars. It's, it's all of the intellectual properties that are owned by corporations where, unfortunately... You know, a, a business is a business, and its and its goal is to make money, to yeah. not only support itself, but to support the people who have invested their money into it to make their projects possible in the first place. And it's it's a double edged sword. It can be both beneficial and completely destructive to the creative process. On the one hand, if if the studio has enough faith in whoever they hand the project over to the the director the producers the 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 whole creative team and they say okay these are these are the guidelines but you know other other than these guidelines you know you tell your story and because we are interested in your story and how you are going to present these characters versus you know, the more heavy-handed approach, which has seemed to the Far studio micromanaged. Is, is micromanaging, and then you get, you know, then you get directors who end up leaving the project because of due to creative differences with the studio, and and then another director has to come in and try and salvage what was going on before, and they want to do their own thing as well and work with the studio and then, oh, wait, this isn't going to work. So they leave, they bring in someone else and until well, yeah. it just becomes this weird, you know, zombie conglomeration of, of odds and ends that, that don't have a coherent through line. And, you know, myself having worked on uh, a set um, and it was, you know, it was a real set. I mean, it, it had the, <laughs> I forget, I've, I haven't cared you, enough have to look a, up his name, but. Did you have a crafts table? Yeah, there was a crafts table. There were oh, okay. a couple of crafts so, tables. Real set then, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, for real, real set. Having been uh -huh. a PA, I can tell you that whenever there are creative differences on a set, it is a lot more chaotic than people might think or realize. It's really difficult to be able to get everything that you need to get done in a day, done in a day. You're there for like 12 hours, sometimes more. And you're not supposed to be, but sometimes you're there for longer. Not to mention all the driving that you have to do uh, to get there, to get out of there. It's this whole stressful process. Every day is a stressful process. And when you're the actors that are supposed to be just really covering for the, for the studio at that point, you're not only the actors, you're also the propagandists at that point because you're, you're great actors. You might as well be paid to also act like the movie is going to be a good thing. <laughs> 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 um, 
And so I, I don't know. I think that's another thing to, to pay attention to, uh, to determine whether or not a movie or TV series, anything like that is going to be good. It's just by looking at the actors and going, I, I recognize the mannerisms are the same mannerisms <laughs> yes. as my yeah. daughter when I confront her about something that she was not supposed to be doing, <laughs> but, yes. but she's trying to avoid being in trouble <laughs> for exactly. And it is a business. And so they are trying to make a profit and, you know, okay, I'm investing so much money in this movie with the expectation that I will receive you know, this much money back and then running into problems with uh, courting different international markets, especially China, having to completely edit and change up plot points in the movie just for the Chinese market because the Chinese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have a completely different sensibility from from the Western world. It's like it's like and, where they and will they, not allow their movie to be shown in China if it has certain things in it. They just take a, a color drop dropper in a in Adobe Premiere, and you just see, <laughs> oh look, there's here's an African American. Can't have that in China. It's just boop. Okay, <laughs> don't have to worry about that problem anymore. He's white now. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, changing the posters to make to make you know Finn smaller and you know that, that he wasn't a um you know writing out his character because they they really wanted to make money in China instead of actually developing him as an interesting character. See I just point point in case right there. And that's something that when when you have these objectively terrible things that a that that a corporation does. They are objectively terrible. They objectively uh, ruin stories and you go up to them and go, okay, Hey, so look like this is, here's my checklist. I have my checklist of objective things as to why star Wars isn't as good as it used to be, at least in movies terms. Um, but it's not going to matter to really anyone because you, you try and say something about, you know, China and Disney, and then the light just, just turns off in, in their heads. And it's like, Oh, you know what? It doesn't, Star Wars, it's just a movie I watch. I'm not like into it. I'm not. And then they'll come up with everything else because now Disney is under attack. And it's just one of those things that you can, I, I invite anyone and everyone to do it for themselves. Just just bring up a couple of those, those uh, they shouldn't even really be edgy, but I guess technically no. edgy topics. But No, no, it, it shouldn't be edgy at all or, or controversial. It's what they do. That's what yeah. they've done it for. <laughs> forever <laughs> since it started with and now I, I haven't seen this yet because as of this transmission it, it has not been released but with the eternals as from what i understand it was supposed to be the the flagship film for the marvel phase four they've had all of the the avengers things they've okay that's done we're moving on to you know, more stuff. And the critics who have seen the movie don't seem to care for it too much because the movie appears to be such a huge departure from what had been established with the MCU and all of the other Marvel movies where, I mean, and this, this is an ensemble movie. It's a superhero ensemble movie, which we have seen can work incredibly well 
but these are characters that nobody is familiar with as far as the, the general population. I, I'm sure that there are a lot of fans of the Eternals uh, in the comic books who you know, know exactly what's going on. But for the general person who never read the comic books, they, they don't know who any of these people are. There are, I forget how many, like 20 different you know members of this team and you know, all vying for screen time, I would assume, Jeez, and, no, they're that's trying to, to work out. and they're trying to figure out, you know, why they should be relevant. I don't know how they're going to try and spin it, but, but with the trailer, I was completely bored, not interested at all in any of these characters or anything that, that they have going on. I don't care about the story. I wouldn't be surprised if that is the general attitude of the audience, but there, there seems to be all of this tension between the studios and the audience who actually consumes the product and then the audience that the studio is trying to go after. And that's too bad. It's all subjective. It's all, which in a way it is, but at the same time, there are for sure roles, both spoken in terms of when you're learning how to, how to do a digital cinema, how to film, how to write stories. Um, there are definitely rules when you're learning. But once you get after that point, it starts to really open up. And when you get into wider circles and try and figure out what artistically you're wanting to do and, and impact Hollywood in, in whatever way you're trying to. And when you have something like, say, um, this uh, Marvel's Eternals, um, if you have more than two characters, and do uh, two main characters, and one of those main characters does not have like a, a a somewhat more lead role than the rest of them. It's going to be a terrible movie. Like I I have not seen Eternals, but very rarely are you able to find someone who can give enough exposition with enough uh, empathy and enough interest. Uh, just purely on the audience's part. That's that's something I remember talking to you uh, about the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe was first being created back in like the, the 2010s, I guess, mm -hmm. or maybe a little before that, with Captain America, with Thor, with when there were all of those rumors where, oh, they're all going to be in a, in a movie together. This is what they're building up towards. This is awesome. This is they, they had to go through that entire painstaking years long process um, and have each of them be good movies, which I think for the most part they were, they did a good job. And sure, sure they were a little formulaic, but they still did a good job. To have one movie where you're just forcing, shoving all these characters that people don't know about, like that, that's not gonna work. That's, <laughs> and, and it's, and it's kind of sad that it doesn't work out that way. But I mean, even movies, when you have two main characters, like the, the way you do that is by having them both be the same character, but different sides of the brain, like conceptually as a, as a character, they're two people, but they're one. Um, Foils. And yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, like Frodo and uh, Samwise Gamgee. They're, they're the same person, they're, but they are two sides. And one is able to support the other 
um, while the other is is moving forward, very uncertain of what's happening. Um, and so, you know what? I'll, I'll probably go ahead and give Eternals a, a watch. I don't know. It seems like it, it might be like they fell into that old trap that they just forgot. They forgot that it took them like 10 years in order to develop a solid <laughs> a, a solid way to have all of these awesome characters in one room together it took them like 10 years i don't know everybody's having problems <laughs> with, with their with their franchises that used to be you know, solid mints basically where they could oh yeah they could they could print their own money just looking at it from right here seems like just trying to figure out okay obviously we don't know what people like and we're obviously <laughs> the ones that aren't in the wrong here because we can never be in the wrong so let's just oh that's something that bothers things. me so much is that nobody can admit fault or say you know what we screwed up we'll do better <laughs> we will yeah. learn from this mistake and do better no it's we weren't wrong you were wrong for not liking it for well, just whatever not the correct reason. Audience, like this, this obviously yeah. just isn't. A, this isn't for you. Yeah, this is a you <laughs> thing, not a me thing. Yeah, <laughs> you want to lose an audience? That's how you lose an audience. Yeah. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our midnight cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself. Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. Thank you, and good night. But it's not all bad. <laughs> not, not everything is terrible. Um, no. Because we yeah. do have... There, there are people who are still willing to take risks and tell stories that don't check all the boxes uh, or even build new franchises in an era of so many reboots, reimaginings, reissues, retellings, re-everything. Everything is, is regurgitated just about. But I do think that, that there is much to be hopeful for on the horizon. Oh, yeah.